0: Podcast
1: toot toot.
0: Howdy, partners! I'm Big Hal Dottie. I'm
1: an old Western possum. Oh, you're
0: an old West possum.
1: Yes, today I'm Western.
0: So what's that mean? Is that like when you get a Western omelet and it's got uh, peppers and salsa and guac in there? You, are you just covered in peppers? No,
1: ain't no egg, Big Hal. I'm I'm a plate of hash browns with a cowboy hat it and You get them hash browns Western style.
0: Like, do they dice up
1: the cowboy hat? No. Then you can't tell it's a cowboy hat, you dummy. Now, look, if you get a Waffle House and you get yourself a hash brown and there's a cowboy hat in there, don't say, uh, uh, can you take his bag? I think there's been a mistake. You just go, oh, they made it Western. And you accept it and you eat the hat. This is a great bit. (laughs) It's
0: perfect. (laughs) Well, it was a terrible bit, Mr. Possum. But how apropos of tonight's discussion. Cause we're talking about the old West tonight. Yes, in the old West, everybody was poe.
1: Mm-hmm. A- apropos, they was apropos folks. I'm just gonna give back. you.
0: A, I'm just gonna give you a toot toot, so we can move on.
1: Give me the toot,
0: big owl. Toot toot. Ah, <laughs> toot toot. Possum had himself a terrible bit. Like uh, what a rattlesnake done me. <laughs>
1: Ah, now there's a perfect joke, Big Al. There we go. I don't know about that. yee yah
0: That's the sound of a whip. You ever whip a horse? Surprisingly, being a bit of a cowboy myself and living in Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Kentucky Derby, I have never whipped a horse. I've never felt the need to. And I'll tell you why. I've never needed to get anywhere that fast.
1: Yeah, you gotta, you keep a chill pace with your horse.
0: I'm happy getting to work just because my horse got thirsty and decided it wanted to stop somewhere.
1: Ah, city cowboy, huh? Who makes a better salsa, San Antonio or New York City?
0: Well, I think my personal preference would be New York City. actually. New
1: York City.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, New York okay. City. There's just a lot of a uh, lot of different. Cultures, a lot of different spices from around the world sort of blending in that area. I think you can get a more interesting salsa out of something like that.
1: You truly are a city cowboy. You need some tiny little cowboy spectacles the way you talk. You think you're a bigger cowboy than me? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: I live outside. Mm -hmm. The world is my campfire. You understand? The world is your campfire. The
0: world is my campfire. The world is my campfire. <laughs> beans to drain.
1: <laughs> we're drain off to a beans. great
0: start. Yeah, we're wouldn't. full of we're full of cowboy beans tonight. Oh yeah. Speaking of cowboys, like myself, and to a lesser extent, Mister Possum here. Oh. Tonight we're going to be counting down our top five cowboys, and we're not just talking. People who ride horses to work like me We're talking outlaws, outlaws of the Old West Yeah,
1: renegades, folk heroes, cowpokes Gunslingers Uh... Wrestlers Wrestlers, yeah Hustlers Mm Mm-hmm Playboys
0: (laughs) Okay, you lost it there We'll be back in just a minute with the fifth item in our Cowboy Countdown
1: yee little doggy cowboys, we're back!
0: We're doing a cowboy countdown tonight, counting down our top five favorite outlaws of the Wild West. Mr. Possum, who's your number five cowboy?
1: My number five cowboy is
0: Doc Holliday. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, the exploits of young
1: Dr. Holliday are well documented. He was known for saying things like, Donnie Ringo, you're no daisy at all, and I'm a blueberry. He got tuberculosis in Georgia and moved out west because he thought the desert cured tuberculosis. It did not. He was a dentist, but he never did much toothin'. He instead joined his buddy Wyatt Earp in a gunfight at the O.K. Corral. Historians say that Doc Holliday being a dentist had absolutely nothing to do with him surviving the notoriously deadly gunfight, Big Hal.
0: Him being a dentist was just irrelevant.
1: It didn't help. He wasn't out there pulling cowboys teeth. Mm-hmm. He was just out there with his hot west iron Well shooting. you wouldn't think
0: you wouldn't think being precise with a with a handheld implement would help you with gunslinging at some point.
1: I guess you could say that. I guess maybe his tooth and helping him a little it's bit. It's just
0: weird that you you said historians are so definitive about it that uh, he definitely didn't help. That's weird how'd they figure that out. Did he shout at one time? Did he go, darn, all my doctor in school didn't help me with this at all.
1: Never did no good. I'm a blueberry. Yeah, he said that kind of stuff.
0: Now, you might be remembering the blueberry thing a little bit wrong. What do you mean? I'm a blueberry? Yeah. I'm I think a he's, blueberry. You are a blueberry. Doc Holliday, I believe, is more known for the phrase, I'm your huckleberry. That don't make no sense. Like, uh, I'm the, I'm the berry you've been looking for in this huckleberry tree
1: oh now that
0: sounds accurate
1: i'm the berry you've been looking for in this huckleberry tree that's history that's that sounds point. more boring
0: that is probably what he actually said and then hollywood uh, streamlined it and by hollywood i am of course referring to doc hollywood his great great grandson
1: yes famous veterinarian doc hollywood
0: he was a plastic surgeon, I believe.
1: But he became a veterinarian in that little town,
0: didn't he? Nope, he sure didn't. He became the local physician.
1: Oh, how embarrassing <laughs> on the radio with that. <laughs> Forgetting the plot to Doc Hollywood in front of the whole city. She wee
0: <laughs> indeed. Big how? what's your number five cowpoke? Possum, my number five is Hoodoo Brown. Hoodoo You do not want to mess with this guy or a feller of his constitution. More than just a guy named Hoodoo, this bad dude was born in Missouri and fought in the Civil War. He developed a bit of a reputation as a small-time con artist, but he and a pal moved out to New Mexico after the war to start an opera company. Moving out west for a music career. We've all been there, Mr. Possum. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Hoodoo found the lawlessness out there so upsetting he got himself elected justice of the peace, then coroner, and even the mayor of Las Vegas, New Mexico. But here's the thing, Possum. Those trains kept coming. And boy, do they look good. Eventually, you're going to want to rob one of them trains. Yeah. So basically, he turned all his fellow government officials into a bloodthirsty gang, and they terrorized the region. But since he was the coroner, nobody could stop him. He'd just say, well, this guy tripped on a loose floorboard and fell into a spittoon and drowned in the spittoon. And uh, his pants also fell down. And that's the official report. Eventually, people got tired of reading that their relatives tripped and fell and their pants fell down. So they overthrew him. And he uh, ran off. And They think he went to Texas or Mexico or somewhere. That's crazy. It's a bonkers story.
1: Man, that's a... Pretty good scheme old hoodoo had, being the town murderer and the town coroner. I know, it's pretty smart. It's pretty savvy. Why ain't they made a show about that? You know, one of them shows. Like a CSI Tex-Mex.
0: Or how about Dodge City Murder Police?
1: Chewy, that sounds good. That sounds like a program I'd sit down to. Makes me kind of scared of trains, big Al, too. Because they couldn't resist robbing them trains. What if I see a train and I want to rob it?
0: Well, that's why nowadays the trains don't stop. Trains used to have to stop at every intersection, like a car. But they kept getting robbed. So now they just lower the gates and they shoot them on through. That way you have to run at least, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour if you're going to catch up to the train.
1: Is that why they call it training when you go running and stuff? Is that you're trying to practice for running at, Train robbing speed.
0: Yes, that is why it's called training.
1: Gotcha. That's fascinating
0: stuff. I agree, Mr. Possum. Etymology is actually very interesting. It's a great pursuit for city cowboys like ourselves, since we don't have any cattle to rustle or uh, horses to train or stagecoaches to rob. You know, I'm an etymologist, too. Did you know that? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I found a bunch of hash browns the other day, and I etymologist couldn't help it.
0: Toot, toot.
1: (laughs) Toot, toot.
0: Possum, what's your number four?
1: My number four is Rooster Cogburn from the 2010 film True
0: Grinch. Portrayed by Jeff Bridges, if I remember correctly.
1: That's right. That's right, Big I I gotta name this one because it's kind of personal to me. Now, Jeff Bridges is a serious actor. Uh-huh. And to prepare for his role as Rooster Cogburn, he followed me around and observed me for quite some time. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I showed Jeff Bridges how to be gross. Wow. Yeah. The character Rooster Cogburn was supposed to be real grizzled, sleeping in barns and drinking all day and the like, you know? So Jeff Bridges lived with me in Castle Ferratu for a few months.
0: Wow, that is interesting. Uh, uh, and I'd never thought about it, but he is pretty gross. And you're definitely pretty gross. I'm gross. I live in a dumpster, that's true. I showed Jeff Bridges
1: how to scavenge, how to lower his standards for lunch, how to collect rainwater in an empty jar of gray poopon. He studied my speech patterns, and to be honest, I was pretty impressed with
0: how it turned out, buddy. Possum, what is it about the gross trash Dracula lifestyle that gives someone that voice? Is it mold? Is it living out in the rain and the elements? Is it garbage?
1: A lot of people when they have possum encounters, they recall this the fear, the teeth, the stare. But most importantly, that hiss, that voice. Uh-huh. I gotta sound scary. This is my Batman voice.
0: So it's it's like a security blanket. It's a security system. Yeah, it's like a little
1: ADT for your mouth.
0: Now, did you tell Jeff Bridges that what he was developing was a little ADT for his mouth? I did, and that's what clicked for him. And to
1: really train him, I made him guard my dumpster for a week. And at first, he was talking all like Tron Jeff Bridges, and Mm -hmm. nobody was scared. And they came in, and they took stuff, and he couldn't scare off one single raccoon. And by the end of that week, he was sounding all grizzled, and, buddy, that was his dumpster. But it was mostly mine. Well,
0: wow, that is fascinating. Isn't Mr. it? Awesome. Isn't it? One day we got to get all your adventures in a book or something.
1: Again, you sound like quite the nerd. I tell a tight story, and you go, oh, we should make it into a book that people
0: can read. Wow, well, what's your number four? My number four is Pearl Hart. Now, you may just be okay messing with this lady. Pearl was a Canadian gal of religious and affluent background who, as a young adult, saw Buffalo Bill's Wild West show at the Chicago World's Fair, and she decided she wanted to live like a cowboy. I feel a deep kinship with Pearl because that's so similar to my story.
1: Oh, did you go to a Wild West show, too?
0: No, but I saw a Sunset Riders arcade game one time, and it changed my life. You just saw it? You didn't play it? Oh, I saw other people playing it. Mm. I don't play video games. The similarities stopped there between me and Pearl, though, Mr. Possum, for she headed out west and began working hard in a boarding house kitchen and mining for gold in her spare time. She had a friend named Joe Boot, and her and her friend Joe Boot they were working a mining claim that turned up nothing, and they ran out of money. So they decided to rob a stagecoach, like the old days. And there hadn't been any real outlawing around there for several years, so the stagecoach was unarmed, and they made off with all of $431.20 They were pretty quickly apprehended She became a media sensation And then wouldn't you know it The jury was so taken with her charm And grit and youthful good looks They found her innocent Even though she just she just did it So she waited enough time for
1: Robbing stagecoaches to be Kind of like quaint Oh look, they're robbing a stagecoach
0: Everybody acted like it was a prank or something Judge threw her in jail for five years anyway But then the warden let her go I think maybe because she was, I guess, hot. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it makes sense. If you got charm and you're hot to trot, you can talk yourself out of a jail cell. I bet I could get thrown in a jail cell and charm my way out.
0: The hot seem to have a leg up on everyone else in this world, I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. We do. Oh. We
0: do. Uh, what's that?
1: We, I said, we do. You're, Sorry about your sour grapes, but the handsome and the beautiful just kind of rule the world.
0: You're counting yourself among the hot, and and you're counting me among the not. Mr. I'm Possum. hot. Yes. Hmm.
1: I could hot my way out of a jail cell. You don't think I could? No, I
0: think you would rot there for the rest of your life, Mr. Possum. We could play an old West game called Hot or Rot.
1: Okay. Okay, big howl. Hot or rot? Hot. Hmm.
0: Rot. I disagree. (laughs) All right, Mr. Possum. Hot or rot? Hot. Mm, I disagree. Rot. That has been hot or rot. So after Pearl got out of jail, she took her story to the stage. Eventually ended up working for the Buffalo Bill Wild West show. So it was like a long audition, basically. The Wild West accepted her. Mm -hmm. You got the job. You work for the Wild
1: West now.
0: Just goes to show, Mr. Possum, if you want to get on stage... You're going to need a stagecoach. Toot toot. Oh, toot toot. Delightful. (music) Possum, what's your number three?
1: My number three is that Space Cowboy from that Kenny Rogers song, Planet Texas.
0: Oh, that's a good one. It's his most famous song.
1: Mm -hmm. They rode like they was rangers, and they came out of the skies. They had high-tech horses with beacons in their eyes. It just, it paints a
0: picture, don't it? It's beautiful stuff.
1: What's a high-tech
0: horse? Probably just a UFO. Oh, so they just call the ship a horse. You could interpret this song as a person down on Earth who only has cowboy references for things, who's grown up a cowboy, lives a cowboy life, and he sees just a regular old UFO and a regular old spaceman, and he decides that everything about them is space cowboy stuff. No,
1: no, I think no, that's possible. No. Now, if he was straddling that UFO, I'd say sure, but if anything, he would call it a high-tech wagon if he's inside of it, you dummy. The high-tech horse is a metal horse or something, or it's a robot
0: horse or something. It could, it could also be a space motorcycle. I oh, mean, it who could knows? be a space motorcycle, totally.
1: And Kenny Rogers says, I, I seen they weren't just common buckaroos born of the human race. No, sir, these cowboys came from space.
0: Again, that could just be, you know, a standard kind of big-eyed alien that he thinks is a cowboy.
1: Mm, I don't know. It gets pretty specific. It says their shooting irons shot laser light and their spurs was anodized.
0: Anodized, huh? So coated with aluminum. Mm-mm. Wow, that's pretty fancy. That must be from space. Could only be from space.
1: is caked with stardust and their jeans was pressurized.
0: I return to my theory that this is just a guy who doesn't know what non-cowboy stuff is. Because that could just be a spacesuit. If you had no frame of reference outside cowboy culture and you saw some astronaut pants, you would probably call those pressurized jeans. And those shooting irons, shooting laser light, that sounds like that could just be a blaster, you know? I mean, it could be a flashlight. Wow, true. True.
1: Alien comes out in the dark, can't see nothing, he gets out his flashlight, and there's some yokel going, Oh my God, it's a space cowboy with a space iron shooting laser light.
0: Yeah. He's just trying to find a port that he could plug his pants into to recharge his pants.
1: Right, trying to recharge and pressurize pants.
0: Big Al, what's your number three in our cowboy countdown? My number three is Tiny Sheriff. Ooh. A.K.A. Little Sheriff. You do not want to mess with this little tiny man. He's a friend of the show. We've had him on our Twitch stream. He's a bit of a reckless lawman. Kind of lives by his own set of rules. What he lacks in stature, he makes up for in gumption and a passion for justice out on the lawless plains. And, of course, he rides a guinea pig and sleeps in a little matchbook.
1: Oh, guinea up.
0: (laughs) You remember that time the old Tuttle brothers came to town? Ooh. And little tiny sheriff knew those Tuttle boys were uh, marble hustlers. Yep, coming into
1: town, cheating at marbles, ain't nothing worse.
0: So he caught them out in the town square... Hustlin' people out of their cash And he grabbed himself a spool of thread And he hopped on his trusty guinea pig
1: Yep, and he rode circles around them Tuttle
0: boys Tying their legs together with that spool of thread Mm -hmm. And then he attached that spool of thread To the back of a model train Drug those Tuttle boys out into the desert Where they found themselves a couple of shallow graves Oh yeah That's justice in tiny sheriff's world
1: Tiny justice
0: for the Tuttle brothers Big and
1: Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Big and Possum, two good boys who've been hollering. We'll comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. Sir, thank you for eating a tumbleweed. Did you enjoy your guacamole platter?
0: Yes, I did.
1: And did you enjoy your buffalo platter? Sure did. How about that cheese wagon? Treat you?
0: Real good.
1: How was that Bronco burger with the lizard fries?
0: Spectacular.
1: And them onion ring lasso? Quite good. Did you enjoy your margarita trough?
0: Mm, yeah.
1: How about that bacon wrapped steer hoof? Perfection. How about that skillet fried ice cream lasagna?
0: Hoo-wee, it was banging.
1: And your after dinner bottle of carpet mallard 40 year tawny porch?
0: Yeah, it was fine.
1: Well, can I ask you this, sir? Are you by any chance a cowboy?
0: No, I'm not. Why?
1: Because I'm over here looking at a wild bill. Toot
0: toot. Toot toot.
1: Howdy, Cowboy how.
0: Howdy there, Mr. Possum.
1: How's life out there on the range?
0: Oh, you know, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Some days you're wrangling the horses, and some days they're wrangling you.
1: <laughs> hey, Cowboy Hal, you know what time it is?
0: Nah, sure don't. See, I lost my cell phone somewhere out there in the plains.
1: Oh, I hate that. I can't imagine not having my cell phone.
0: Oh, it's okay. We cowboys don't mind losing stuff. Why's that? Well, we always got a couple spurs. Toot, toot. Toot, Hey, Mr. Possum. Hey, Big Al. I heard you went to the barber this week. I sure did. And how'd that go? Very poorly, Big Al. What happened?
1: Well, you know how Barbara Jean is always talking and telling dumb stories that don't go nowhere when he cuts your hair? No, he usually just lets me talk about stuff.
0: Typical. TYPICAL! What kind of stuff was he talking about?
1: Well, I sit down in that barber chair and Barbara Jean asks me how I'm doing. And I say, terrible. And he says, what kind of cut you looking for? And I say, the usual.
0: Now, what's the usual?
1: Scruffy on top, scruffy on sides, clumpy and uneven. All oh, right. So he pumps that chair up and takes the scissors out, and before he cuts one hair, he starts into some dumb story. He goes, you ever ridden a horse, Mr. Bossum? And I say, no. Do I look like a millionaire to you? I ain't never ridden no horse. Of I've ever gotten to sitting on a goat for a picture at a birthday party. And Barbara Jean goes, I've recently inherited a horse. It's my rich grandfather's prize stallion, Damocles.
0: Damocles, huh?
1: Yep. That's the horse's name, apparently. So... He continues, my grandfather left Damocles in my care and gave me this warning. He said, only a nobleman may ride Damocles. If your heart is impure and your deeds unjust, Damocles shall buck you into the dust. So I'm thinking, great, another boring old horse parable, you know. Right. And so he goes, Mr. Possum, I decided to test my status with Damocles and I took him for a ride. Before I could get the stallion up to a trot... He bucked me off and trampled me down into the dirt and galloped away, ouch. And then he's like, over the course of my recovery, I endeavored to keep my thoughts pure and my deeds noble. I increased my gifts to charity and began volunteering. I reconciled with my estranged brother and gave him a job here at the barbershop. Just blah, 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 just like that, Mm mm-hmm. And he goes, well, at last I felt I was ready to ride Damocles. I mounted his tremendous, powerful back and took me up to a trot. All was well so far, but when I signaled Damocles to speed up to a canter, he bucked me off again and trampled my face and body and legs into the dirt. Jeez. are you asleep yet, Hal? I was, but he goes, what had I done wrong? Where had I fallen short? Was nobility simply something my grandfather was born with and I was not? I had tried my best and failed. And while I recovered, I sank into a deep depression. Oh, boy. He goes, I abandoned my volunteering and charity work. I allowed my mind to wander to dark and sinister things. I experimented with the occult. I began to embezzle profits here at the barbershop to support my heavy drug and alcohol habits. And I'm thinking, buddy, wrap this up. Dr. Phil's on in 20 minutes. Come on. Right. He says, one night in the satanic days of occult rituals and booze, I decided I would try to ride Damocles on my own terms with my own power. I dressed up as my grandfather, and I wore his favorite cologne. I mounted Damocles and rode him out to the pasture. I got him up to a trot, then a canter, and in my best impression of my grandfather, I called out for him to gallop. He galloped for a few seconds before bucking me off and trampling me into the dirt once more. Wow. Right. It's so boring, Hal. So Barbara Jean goes, When the stable boy found me crumpled up in the dirt, I told him my story. And he mentioned he knew Damocles well and also my grandfather. And I asked him what I had done wrong. Possum, do you know what he told me? And first of all, I'm like snapping back awake for this. But then I say, Well, Barbara Jean, I imagine the stable boy told you you needed to work on your dismount. Huh? And I said, because this amount of time it's taken for you to cut my hair, i won't be here all week. Toot toot. Toot toot.
0: Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and, and awesome. Speaking truths and truths and, toots and, toots and toots and having tons toot. of laughs. Big Al and Possum, side order of taters all rotten. We'll comfort you when you, when you are blue and call you when you're mad. Man. Possum, what's your number two? Well, yee haw, big cow. I
1: think my number two is y- Yosemite Sam.
0: Oh, yee haw to you too. And uh, why?
1: Yosemite Sam is an angry little cowboy who was best known for unsuccessfully hunting one single rabbit for his entire life. It's like Ahab and the whale. Sure, yeah. So Sam was basically a walking mustache, which I relate to. Mm-hmm. And he's funny, and he's got a real bad temper. I love
0: Yosemite Sam. He's one of my favorite little guys. You love Yosemite Sam. I love him. Love him. You think you would get along with Yosemite Sam, Mr. Oh, Possum? Oh, yeah.
1: Me, me, Sammy, and Taz, we would be the wild bunch in the Wild West, buddy. Guarantee it.
0: Have you ever thought about the fact that Yosemite Sam hates varmints more than anything else in the world? Well, yeah, yeah, he hates varmints, so? So you're, Possum, you're a varmint. would you call me? A varmint. I ain't no varmint. Yes, you are, Mr. Possum. Big Howl. what's a varmint? A varmint is a wild animal, a rascal, a pest. Mm. Basically exactly what you are.
1: Yeah, I, I am those things. That bums me out.
0: He would definitely want to hunt you. Hmm. Huh.
1: I guess it's kind of like the way you look up to Burt Reynolds from Smokey and the Bandit, you know? But he wouldn't like you if y'all met. Kind of like that.
0: Uh, no, it's nothing like that, Mr. Possum. The bandit and I would be best friends almost immediately if we hung out. Think so? Oh, I, I know so. I, I'm very confident. You don't think that you being a big nerd would get in the way of that friendship? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I'm not a nerd, Mr. Possum. Second of all, I think he would kick Sally Field out of the passenger seat of the car, make her ride in the truck. He would ask me to sit shotgun. And we would talk about stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he would trade all that chemistry to have you sitting there in the passenger seat like, Oh, Bandit, slow down! Oh, you're breaking all the beer laws in this region!
0: Well, now, Possum, it is true that I'm not a big fan of uh, fast speeds and that I'm a bit of a stickler for interstate beer laws. But Bandit and I, we would connect on other issues. Like CB radios, for instance. We would talk about what our favorite brands of CB radios are and how they work. Oh, my God. Bandit don't care how CB radios work. Of course he does. That's, that's his tool. That's what he uses to communicate. That's how nerds think.
1: He don't want to talk about how CB
0: radios work.
1: Big Al, he just wants to move that beer, and fast. He's got a long way to go, and he's only got a short time to get there.
0: Well, if Bandit doesn't want to discuss gear specifically, maybe we'll just talk about the long history of wireless communication.
1: Yeah, there there you go, Big Hal. Now you're thinking. He'll love
0: that. And then Bandit would say, Big Hal, you're my best friend.
1: Big Hal, what's your number two cowboy?
0: My number two favorite cowboy of the Wild West is Billy Two Kids. Billy Two Kids, huh? You do not want to mess with this feller. Billy Two Kids has been overshadowed a bit by a, a guy with a similar nickname you may have heard of. Billy the Kid. Yeah, I've heard of Billy the Kid. Which confounds me because Billy Two Kids' exploits are far more substantial and deadly. Billy the Kid is uh, estimated to have taken nine lives. Billy Two Kids took 18 lives, Mm -hmm. Mr. Possum. Billy the Kid escaped from jail twice. Billy Two Kids escaped from jail four times. Mm -hmm. Billy the Kid was orphaned at age 14. Billy Two Kids was orphaned at age 28. I see. Billy the Kid had a five hundred dollar bounty on his head, and Billy Two Kids had a one thousand dollar bounty okay, on his head. I, I get it, I get it. And of course, Billy the Kid was shot and killed at Fort Sumner, while Billy Two Kids was shot and killed at Fort Allner. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at his death, but that was just that's kind of funny.
1: I hate to dance in a man's grave, but
0: that's pretty funny. Well, he had two graves, Mister Possum. One for dancing, one for crying.
1: I like that. I do like that. Having two graves.
0: It's a good idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All of us should have two graves. One that our enemies can dance on and one that our, uh, our friends and relatives can cry on. It's only fair. Awesome, what's your number
1: one? I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but did you know one of my ancestors was a cowboy?
0: You have never told me you had an ancestor that was a cowboy, Mr.
1: Yes, sir. So my number one cowboy is Trash Can Jack.
0: Trash Can Jack. Never heard of
1: him. Trash Can Jack was known for his fearsome appearance. He was completely hairless, Big Al. And not by birth. He shaved his body with a dry razor every day which made him itchy and irritable. But he did so because he thought his fur made him too cute, and he didn't like to be petted. Back then, I guess the standard for beauty was lower, and Wild West types thought possums was cute. Imagine that. I think you're pretty cute, Mr. well, Yeah, I'm adorable. Trashcan Jack, different story. Yeah. Can you even picture a bald, hairless possum?
0: Sounds pretty gross. Ooh. Ooh, and he was all red and itchy. Sounds like an alien from a mole planet or something.
1: Now, Trashcan Jack was most famous for robbing horses.
0: Oh, that was a big deal back then. Horse theft was a big deal. You were taking a man's transportation away from him. You were taking his freedom away from him.
1: Horse thief? Trash Can Jack wasn't no horse thief. No, he robbed horses. He took stuff from
0: horses. Excuse me?
1: Carrots, sugar cubes, peppermints.
0: Oh, so he just burgled horse food.
1: Yeah, he took stuff from horses. He he robbed him. He said, stick him up. I'm here to take your stuff.
0: Okay, I have a few questions about this. The first one is, how does a horse know that it's being robbed? Well, a
1: carrot's in his mouth one minute, and the next minute it ain't. It's in Trash Can
0: Jack's mouth. You ever tried to take a carrot out of a horse's mouth yourself, Mr. Possum? I do it
1: every year on Trash Can Jack's birthday.
0: Now, I imagine you've been nibbled a few times. I have caught a few horse bites, yes. Yeah. Horses will bite you if you try to take those carrots out of there. You think I don't know that? Okay, my second question is, you said stick em up. You said he would say stick them up. Yeah. What's a horse sticking up?
1: Well, it's telling the horse to stick its ears up. Listen up, because I've got more orders for you.
0: Oh, so stick them up just means listen to me. Yes. Okay. Is there a reason why he didn't just steal from the saddle, but he would actually go for the horse's mouth? Did he, like... His food a little bit chewed up, a little wet. Here's the
1: thing, carrots were tougher to chew in the Wild West. Best way to eat them is let a horse soften it with his mouth for a little while, then you take it. Ah,
0: I see. So the horse is like a little Cuisinart there for his his meal. That's right. So he'd mash up some carrots and some peppermints, have himself a nice little pre-chewed meal. Yeah. That's disgusting, Mr. Possum. Trash can Jack was gross. Little shaved rat thing from another planet slurping down some pre-chewed horse carrots. <laughs> that is so nasty. No argument here. Look, I come from nasty stock. You do. You really do. Most embarrassing cowboy story I've ever heard.
1: Well, big Al, what's so good about your
0: number one? My number one cowboy is Buford Yuan Bud Davis, aka the Urban Cowboy, from the movie Urban Cowboy. Huh. Hmm. So he's a lot like me. He's an urban cowboy. Now you'd think a movie about a guy who wins the heart of a gal in a honky-tonk mechanical bull-riding competition would be a fun romp, but it's kind of a downer overall. It's one of them 70s movies like uh, Saturday Night Fever or uh, Any Which Way But Loose where it's actually just ends up being kind of depressing. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be lighthearted.
1: That's the 70s.
0: But then the sequel, Urban Cowboy 2, Range Warrior takes place in a post-apocalyptic hellscape where jukeboxes are hoarded by roving gangs and Bud, having lost all his family, finds a new cause in life, helping a small town escape a plundering mob on his mechanical bull.
1: Ooh, I love that scene where he's riding that mechanical bull alongside that school bus full of jukeboxes. And you really feel the drama, you know, because he needs them coins from the jukeboxes to feed his mechanical bull to
0: keep it going. Yeah, every once in a while they have to toss him a few quarters.
1: Oh yeah, them rhinestone marauders with their shiny white teeth, boots scootin' and boogiein' up to that school bus trying to get them jukeboxes.
0: Oh man, what a thrill ride. Gene Shallot gave it five belt buckles. it's time to ride off into the sunset, Mr. Possum.
1: Yeah, I think that old horizon's a calling.
0: Sure is.
1: Hey, Big Hal.
0: What's that, Mr. Possum?
1: What'd that old cowboy donkey say?
0: I don't know. what he say?
1: Yeehaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> toot, That's toot. so stupid. Toot yeah. toot. Toot toot.
1: Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: some podcast toot, toot.